0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shine a Light on series. Today, we'll be shining a light on mindful movement with my dear friend, Joe Gopinath. Welcome, Joe.
1: Hi. It's so good to be here, to talk to you about this, to see your face, all of it. (laughs) Yes,
0: you too. So happy to have you here. And to start, can you just give us a brief introduction to who you are?
1: Oh, wow. That's a heavy question. (laughs) Um, But I am a chemist and an engineer and just an overall activist. I just think that we should learn about the people around us and the systems around us and say something about them and I don't know how exactly to describe myself besides that, but my what I focus my work on is sustainable activism in the fashion industry, but I'm also a fitness instructor on the side. And I know it seems random, but like it's all very coherent <laughs> if you know me as a person. But I've spent the last year Being a body acceptance coach, body empowerment coach, fitness instructor, really focused on decolonizing fitness, creating space for people of color in the fitness and just wellness arena. And Mariah has been a client of mine before, and I care a lot about people feeling good about themselves. This was such a roundabout intro. I feel like I didn't answer the question, but I did, you know?
0: You did perfectly. And I think you did a good job sort of like covering all your bases because you are many things. And um,
1: Just like everyone. You are many things. (laughs)
0: Yes. 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 Well, I know you mentioned this isn't necessarily what you always do, like focusing on just fitness in general. Yeah. Mindful movement. It's just not clearly associated with your day-to-day work, which I think is awesome. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really like a it's not necessarily a side hustle because to me it's right. added so much more to my life than just the the like the benefits that I get from it, which I think is what a side hustle is. It's you know something you do that brings yes. you benefits. I've had yes, there have been financial benefits to starting and running my own business and getting to work with really cool people who've also started their own businesses in the wellness area. People of color, women of color. But then Like, also, I didn't do it to make money. So I've been an athlete since I was a kid. And I don't know, I was just always in negative environments. And that coupled with a lot of generational trauma and growing up as a woman of color. And I was bullied a lot. And so it all kind of like, it turned movement into something as a weapon to hurt myself and to meet social standards. And it got so bad at 15, I was hospitalized for like just the complications of having such an intense eating disorder and exercise addiction. And there will be a trigger warning on this, thank God. Yes. Um, that's important. So if anyone doesn't, I'll keep it very brief. I'm not gonna go into any details, but it's part of what I do, What I, like why I do what I do. And it's it, we're coming up almost on the nine year anniversary of me mm. discharged. And it's been a really long road to go from using movement as a punishment to myself and now being able to empower myself and others through movement. I'm very humbled by the fact that I've gotten this far because
0: mm-hmm.
1: me, even five years ago, definitely not 15 year old me, like when I thought of at that age, like the person I wanted to become if I had a healthy relationship with myself. Like I'm 20 times that, and I'm just so happy to have been able to incorporate empowering others into my own empowerment journey. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it really comes from kind of decoupling the idea of moving for the sake of changing yourself and moving for the sake of supplementing your life, right? So I think the way the wellness, health, fitness, dieting, it's in everything we do. That racism trickled down through the health and wellness industry. And it really just purports the same narrative of what we should look like. And if you're a person of color or a person of color without a straight-sized body, you're constantly told you're not enough. And we don't see any representation in wellness to make us feel confident about being there. And that really affected me growing up as an athlete, just growing up. like It's hard enough as it is. So if you don't see yourself represented in a positive light, how do you treat yourself with a positive light? And so I've gotten to a state of really accepting myself. And I'm definitely like I have my hard days. Like I was working out the other day and I was not feeling very good. And I I struggle too. (laughs) like I was really struggling to do this workout. And I started talking down to myself and I literally stopped myself and said out loud, wait a second, we've come too far. Like (laughs) We've come too far for this. And so it's not that like you're healed and everything's better, but it's just about how do we reframe movement to be about making ourselves feel good and not making ourselves feel like we have to change and be something we're not. And I spent so long being trapped in wanting to be something I wasn't a skinny mm-hmm. woman, which I never will be like, I'm fabulous. I know people are going to listen to this. It's true. Guys, I'm a 10. And it's not because of what I look like. It's because of how I feel like, like, I don't mm-hmm. need other people to, to tell me, like, I find you attractive, or I find you XYZ, or I find you smart. Like there, I think when we start changing the way we do things to make them more about making ourselves feel good and not look good we start to know that we like we start to feel good and then you don't need these external validations to tell you that what you look like needs to be changed i feel like i'm rambling (laughs) whoever listens to this i'm so sorry
0: (laughs) no no this is all great joe and on behalf of everyone that you've taken on this sort of movement oh my journey with right, you. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you. I mean, it's so, y- you know, no, you know I, what you've I, done. But.
1: I really appreciate that because I never thought I'd be able to talk about this, this mm. way. And I've met other young people with, you know, very abusive patterns towards themselves. And to be able to be a a stable, positive source for them in what what recovery does look like. And I think to be a fitness professional or just someone in the healthcare continuum, albeit I'm not a doctor, but being a fitness instructor, you are trusted with the wellness of other people. Mm-hmm. That is a huge responsibility. And it's a shame to me that, I mean, first of all, the fitness industry is 95% white. So I already make up such a small percentage and I'm out here spew- like, you know, spewing these messages of, no, you don't move to lose weight. Don't look at that sign on the wall of this gym. Like I've quit gyms right. because I found out people don't believe black lives matter or people are doing too many like shred and burn classes. And I've left, like I have that ability with this being a supplemental income to be like, I don't need this but I also recognize the privilege in being able to walk away from things and already being such a small minority of what the fitness community looks like. But being entrusted with the privilege of just having access to people's wellness, I think it should be taken a lot more seriously than people do. Why would you get paid to tell someone that they're not okay just the way they are? Like that's Mm -hmm. an issue for me. I've had very abusive coaches, swimming, soccer, I guess when you go through something very traumatic, you never want to pass that on to someone else. Unfortunately, this world, we're all going to have positive and negative impacts on each other. It's what we do when we find out about those negative impacts that matters. So I've made mistakes in my classes that I've tried to be like, you've been in my classes, Mariah. Like I am very focused on inclusion. Like if I always show the the more low intensity version of any exercise because I want you to feel like it's okay to do those they're just as hard Mariah has been to yeah. my classes they are just as hard and why it's do we true. then create a system of shame because it feels so much better and it's so much more long lasting if we move and we feel good about doing what our body can do in that moment so I create these classes focused on inclusion but I mess up and I remember mm-hmm. I had a non binary participant of mine come up and be like, it was in a cycle class. And they said to me, you know, when you address the class as, hey guys, it's very triggering for me. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never think about gendered plural pronouns. Like that's not, like, yes, I'm not heterosexual, but like I'm cisgender. So me being like, hey guys, and even being from the Bay, we say bro all the time. Like I've taken it so for granted being cisgender. So if I'm trying to create an inclusive class and one of my participants does not feel included, like I have to change that. And so it's been really empowering and humbling for me because it's exposed a lot of my unconscious biases. And Mm -hmm. I mean, as hard as I work, we all have them. I really take the responsibility of being entrusted with someone else's physical and mental wellness very seriously, which I think is very much me trying to undo the environment I grew up in as an athlete. I just wanna create the opposite environment. And I always finish my classes saying that this is my goal to create the opposite environment. So if I haven't done that, please let me know because I want to do that. And my goal as an instructor is to not be needed. So if I can give you the tools to recreate not the workout, but the feeling on Mm -hmm. your own, then I think that's the first step to mindful movement is you recreating a feeling of positivity in your body and what it can do in this very moment. You keep recreating that feeling. I think that's the key to a sustainable empowerment through mindful movement.
0: I'm going to pause you there, Joe. I mean, I think you've you've made it clear like why movement is important to you. Inclusive movement, I suppose, is another way we could label it as well. And you're getting into this piece too, but I'd love to hear your thoughts a little bit more about what makes movement mindful in general.
1: I know what it's like to be not mindful with your movement, right? Which is treating your body as a means to an end. So Mm. I think the best way to notice or to institute mindful movement is the first step is just to catch yourself when you start treating yourself like a means to an end, like an ATM card that you have to make deposits and withdrawals just to justify worthiness. If you start to treat yourself like an object, I think that's when you know it's the opposite of mindful movement. Because I think it's hard to define, define this mindful movement concept because it's different for everyone. And it really is just listening to your body. And everyone's body says different things. So I think it's easier to define the opposite of mindful movement and use that as a guideline for when you start thinking this way, let's move to the opposite of that. And that starts Mm. to create this pattern of, oh, that's what's mindful. That's what's mindful. And then that becomes your norm. And then you're able to start pointing out, like, when I was feeling bad about myself during a workout being like, no, I've come too far for this. Like that objectivity of that mindful movement comes with that objectivity. But I think, I think it's easier to start noticing what's not mindful first. I think that's a great first step.
0: Yes. I, think. No, I agree. I agree. And that definitely makes sense what you're saying. I guess, how do I know I'm not being mindful or like there are, thoughts going through my mind that aren't mindful would you define that as just thoughts that are not helpful toward the situation
1: i think the best way to define that is are you saying something that's harmful to yourself yeah so like this morning i even texted you this mariah i was like my skin looks terrible this morning that was not helpful maybe i should you know like where it's just how is that me being mindful about the way i talk to myself and that Mm. translates into movement too where it's like, I have to keep working out. No, you don't have to do anything. First of all, you should want to do things. If you don't want to do it, maybe you shouldn't do it. Like I think that is a perfect example of taking a a thought that isn't helpful and then just challenging it in an objective way. Like, wait, do I have to? No, no one's like forcing me to do this right now. Why am I forcing myself to do something I don't want to? And I think that opens up areas, not just for mindful movement, but to find ways to find joy through movement and curiosity and things like yes. that.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense, friend. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> this next question, to provide a little bit of context, I think like the idea of mindfulness is usually discussed with like meditation, like things where people are really encouraged to not do anything and not think, but also think about not thinking at all. Yeah, <laughs> it gets like a lot which I love meditation, nothing wrong with that, but so I, I am curious of this. Do you view mindfulness as the same as being intentional about what you're doing or is it the lack thereof? I love or this
1: question. So when I saw this, I was like, okay, Mariah came through <laughs> with the questions. Oh my gosh, what a brain trip. I loved this. I was thinking about <laughs> this last night, just like staring into space. I would, for me, And that's what I realized is for different people, it's easier to, you know, focus on things. I have found it's really hard for me to focus on things. I get bored so easily. That's why for me, mindful movement is intention. It's intentionally seeking out movement forms that make me excited and curious. So I think the perfect example is I'm on a hiatus from teaching fitness. It's been about two months. But I've spent the last year teaching so many times a week that I wasn't moving for myself anymore. Um, I was teaching so many classes a week, I didn't have any energy to work out for myself, or just to be present in my own body moving. So I started doing things that excited me. So for the summer, I was kayaking, and then I started studying Shaolin Tai Chi. And now I'm taking a samba class. So like, I know I get bored easily. But I think the way that I'm practicing mindful movement is tapping into that curiosity that gets me bored really easily and allows my focus Mm -hmm. to run wild by introducing new things and um, getting myself excited about moving in a way that isn't stale. And I think a lot of people could probably relate to that. So for me, it's intentional. Intentional until it becomes unintentional, where I've actually just started seeking out things. Like the Samba class, for example, I was just like, this looks cool and just signed up. So it wasn't something I told myself, you have to try something new. Like, no, I genuinely just searched it up. But about a year ago, maybe I was telling myself, you need to try something new. So, cause I right. had to get myself out of that rut. So I think it's intentional until it becomes just routine becomes natural for you to create more mindful spaces. So at first mm-hmm. intentional and then becomes uh, you know second nature.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. Even with the like samba example, though, it's almost like you had the intention to make your routine more fun. So I feel like you could always frame it in a way where, oh, it's okay, funny. there were intentions here. It's it's a tricky question. It's, it's a funny. tricky I question, love there. It,
1: Mariah. It's a great question. Um, and <laughs> so speaking of samba class, what that also helps me, and I think this was this was intentional on two fronts. Um, I right. am a perfectionist. And I have this idea that I have to be good at everything, even something I've never done before. So I'm like introducing myself to these new movement forms and I do feel confident about myself and my body. So I think it's safe to start, you know, pushing the limits a little bit to help me grow in this area. But like, I can't be perfect at something I've never done before. Like, so kind of putting myself into these environments where not only am I more mindful about being present in my movement, but I'm forcing myself to try something new and confront the idea that maybe you're not going to be perfect at something if you've never ever done it before. And girl, you know, I dance well, but Oh my God, Samba's so hard. It's so hard. And I find myself getting frustrated and being like, Oh, you're not good at this. Yeah, of course I'm not good at this. I have been touching classes. Like, of course I'm not good at this. (laughs) So I feel like it's, it's kind of integrating. I think when you start moving mindfully, right. You open up space mm-hmm. to create more mindful choices in your life. Like now, at first when I started, it was starting with kayaking in the summer. I had kayaked before. It wasn't new for me. I just hadn't done it in a really long time. And it became like something I did weekly and did bird watching while I was kayaking. It was lit. Now it's winter. It's sad, but it's going <laughs> to summer. But I was already good at that. And then with Tai Chi... Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at balance. And so I was pretty good at that too, but I did find myself getting frustrated at first. Yeah, of course I got frustrated because I just, this I had this idea in me that I have to, you know, move perfectly, act perfectly, all of this stuff. And that rigidity, that rigidity is a huge, you know, that was a huge feeder into me using movement as a negative contribution Mm. to my life and using it to hurt myself, that perfectionism. So I think it has two arms here when it comes to mindful movement is to also like change the way we look at movement. And for me, very perfectionistic. So it functions on more than one level.
0: I'm a recovering perfectionist myself, friend. So I understand. I understand. I mean, you are mindful of how you at least are reacting to
1: how you're trying
0: these new things, which is good, but it's like almost another step, right? Like being mindful of how you're doing at something and but also reacting it. to it too. Yeah. If you're mindful and you're like I suck at this, that's not great. It's like if you react and you're like but I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Then then I think that's that's the strength part of mindfulness I think is like how you react to when you
1: It's definitely realize you're not imperfect. Easy. It's definitely not easy. Like I I want no. people listening this to know like I'm no expert. Like I think we're all just growing and trying to be better and the next yes. thing I'm going to try have you heard of pole fitness? No. Okay. So stripper pulls, but make it a oh, work. yes. Yeah. Yes. I've heard of this. I'm be terrible at it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to fall on my head immediately. I think it would be hilarious. I'm definitely going to. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Please be safe. Oh yeah. It- so that's next.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I love that. I-, I love that friend. I'm excited for you to try that. Let me know how it goes. Moving on. I think anything could be done mindfully. And by the way, I think this is like the coolest thing. It's what makes us human, but it's also a flaw of humans in that we can think about our thoughts, about our thoughts, about our thoughts. Like we can just pile it on Um, until we completely understand and at the same time not understand ourselves at all. But anything could be done mindfully as in we're, we're like thinking about the things we're doing and we're thinking about the things we're thinking about the things we're doing. So do you agree or disagree that Uh, Anything can be done mindfully. And I guess, like, what is the the harm or the good of being mindful about all things?
1: Yes, anything can be done mindfully. And the harmful part of that, anything is a harm if you do too much of it. But I'm Mm. guilty of this. I think a lot. And I think most people, my baseline thinking is way higher than the average person. I am very self-reflective, self-aware. It's what saved me and allowed me to, you know, keep living life and have such a such a lovely life around me. I'm very committed to reflecting. Mm-hmm. But I also overthink. I think it's such a fine line between being mindful, reflecting on our thoughts, reflecting on our actions and then, you know, spiraling. And it's a slippery yes. slope for me as someone who has anxiety. It's a slippery slope everything can be done mindfully. And then you can slip into overthinking and overanalyzing and I'm a recovering control freak, you know, trying to control everything. And I think that's, that's the opposite of being mindful, right? So it's very interesting how mindfulness can slip into the opposite. Yes. Yeah. So I agree. And I'm working on it too.
0: (laughs) You're working on it. We're all working working on on it. it. (laughs) I guess on the other side, though, because I think we're both like fellow overthinkers. It's part of the reasons we're friends and we can have fruitful conversations about our inner demons. But what about people who maybe don't take the time to be mindful? Like, what would you say the perks are of sort of trying to incorporate it in more aspects of your life?
1: I spent so long apathetic, first actively hateful of my life, and then very apathetic of my life. And It was after a particularly bad relationship that I realized I don't like myself. I don't like spending time Mm -hmm. with myself. I don't really know what I like. I've just kind of accepted myself. And it was after that that I started paying more attention to myself. Like I started taking myself to do things that made me happy. I don't need the company of someone else to sit in my own emotions, right? That's the opposite. Right. I don't want to distract yes. myself anymore from myself. So that's when the mindfulness really kicked in. That's when it changed for me because I realized I needed a better quality of life because the way things yes. were going, I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And that was around junior year. It was like a really transformative moment. And that's what changed. I realized I needed a change in my life. So my, mm-hmm. my advice, if you feel stagnant, if you feel stuck, and I'm feeling that way. I've been feeling that way the last month. I've been feeling very stuck. That's when it's time to like, let's examine why we feel stuck. And I think that's where mindfulness is helpful.
0: Yes. thank you, friend. No I, I definitely agree. everything everything you just said, I agree. When you're feeling stuck or you just want a change, it's good to sort of like over assess your current situation.
1: Yeah, just, so I mean we're we're engineers, right? Let's analyze yes. this. Let's break it down.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Going back to mindful movements in particular, Joe, when becoming mindful of how you're moving your body, how do you like mentally prepare yourself to be mindful about what you're about to do? And I know whatever you're about to say could be probably applied to anything, but yeah. with movement in particular, like what comes to mind for you so that you know you're really. Being intentional about your workout or your movement. So
1: there is just the science of movement in general, and you know I got to bring physics into this. It Please, is just, you yes, it is just the physics of our anatomy. It's just the biophysics of our body that certain muscle needs to be contracted for certain movements. Right, when you're working out your abs, you have to engage your abs. When you're pedaling with your um, on on a stationary bike, I teach cycle. There's a certain like setup of the bike so that your knees stay in line with your toes stay in line, you know, so there's, there's certain measures we need to pay attention to with how our body responds to us. And honestly, it was being in physical therapy for my knee injury that forced me to actually pay attention to how my body feels. It was, you know, it it was caused by a lot of tight muscles. And all of a sudden, I had to start stretching and rolling out and doing all of this, you know movement to pay attention to how my body was feeling over time. So with physical therapy, all of a sudden I was forced to pay attention. And then I started to pay attention more with my workouts because I was, I mean, I was working out for the sake of losing weight. I wasn't working out for the sake of feeling good. So I wasn't really paying attention. And then when I hurt myself, which is what happens when you push yourself too far, (laughs) <laughs> when I hurt myself, I was forced to stop and, and look at what I was supposed to be feeling. So with every single different exercise movement, even walking, how are your feet hitting the ground? You know, you can't hit them on the side of your foot, you have to hit it, you know, heel down, then your soul. So I think we take for granted movement and just the movements that we have to do as a means to an end. So I think the first step just notice how you feel when you're doing activities of daily life, when you're walking outside, when you might be doing stretching. I always stretch before bed and I pay attention to how I feel. And that really helps me, you know, calm down and get out of my own head. And then when the time comes to go to sleep, go stretched out and mm-hmm. calm down. So I think there's a lot of like more accessible examples, like, you know, just paying attention to walking into your office at work you know something like that where you can actually just pay attention to basic movement and then it'll start to matriculate into other things
0: yeah i agree i mean that's great advice friend to sort of like start start small if you're not always start used to yes 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 start easy (laughs) because i think sometimes people too when they hear like whenever they hear like the the title of this episode even they might be like, "Oh, I need to like do like a super workout and like think about everything I'm doing." you know? Yeah, I think that's, that's like a really flaw well. of the fitness industry is like you have to am like gonna dive in.
1: Right now. I hate burpees and I hate planks. And you know, I never made us do burpees at or. Like every, every time I made us do a plank, I complained bitterly the whole time I was teaching. <laughs> You're allowed to not like things. Like, that is where right. if anyone takes something away from this episode mindful movement is just picking movement that makes you happy. I like to go to – I live in Durham, North Carolina. I like to go to the Duke Gardens and just walk around the gardens and look at all of the flowers. That's movement. That's mindful. It makes me feel happy to be out in nature. I usually go around sunset. It's beautiful. That's mindful movement. It's not a burpee, but it's still mindful movement. Um, or just paying attention to how you're breathing when you're working out. I mm. I do Pilates, and the reason I do it is it's basically meditation, but with your muscles on fire. Um, yes. I can't do everything in those Pilates videos either, and that's what modifications are for. And there's nothing wrong with meeting your body where it's at. So if you can't do a Wait. burpee, you can't do a burpee. I can't it's do fine. a burpee. It's fine. I am paid to teach other people fitness and I can't do a burpee, and that's okay. <laughs> I can't do a push up either. And that is okay. I have a lot it's of other okay. strengths in other areas, right? So I yes. think if we stop basing our value in the ad- how advanced our movement is, we can start being more mindful about how any movement makes us feel.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I, I also think walking is like a very underrated. Mind like oh, easily mindful movement. Oh, so totally, underrated.
1: Totally, totally. Yeah.
0: So underrated. And I guess, speaking of you know, specific movements and ways that we can sort of relax our body and, and be super mindful, walking is a great example. But I wanted to ask you, Joe, while we have you here, are there any movements that you'd suggest for people? to do maybe to like start small Mm -hmm. if they are like sitting a lot or they're standing much of the day we can do them together or you can just describe them but do you have any thoughts on this so
1: whenever i get a new because i've had a couple family members but then also like friends and friends of friends that come to me and they're like i want to start my fitness journey january is a really big time for that most resolutions are abandoned by january 19th this time last year safe space boot camp which was my inclusive decolonizing fitness focused wellness community we did a whole like goal setting theme for all of January because we want to make changes that last right so starting small is the best way to do that if you tell yourself by the end of January i'm going to run 5 miles in however many minutes like that's not that's not setting yourself up for success so my first encouragement but also i i really I really call upon you to start small, and the best way I, what I basically tell my clients is, do you stretch? The answer is usually no, and that's a huge deal. If you're trying to now change your body or tap into your body in some way, whether it's healthy on the healthier end of your relationship with your body or unhealthy, if you don't, if you don't pay attention to how your body feels it's not going to be sustainable, right? So I always, the first thing I recommend to anyone is do a body scan from head to toe. You can close your eyes, deep breathe your whole way through and just notice which parts of your body are feeling good, are feeling meh. And, and it's, we have a lot more intuition than we think. Move your body in a way, and most people know enough stretches or you can even look it up online. If your back is feeling sore from sitting all day, you can look up online good like stretches for your back, but I like to do like cat and cow, just just kind of arching and rounding your spine. Um, and that helps release a lot of tension and paying attention to how you feel before and after is really important. So I always mm-hmm. encourage people start with stretching. Just start with paying attention to how your body feels when you take care of it, because that establishes a really good foundation for what movement should be. It's just taking care of yourself. So, I think yeah. the best first step is to start paying attention to how you can better take care of your body. And then that creates a really nice foundation to move forward to try new things.
0: Yes. Start small.
1: Always start
0: small. Also, I don't think anyone stretches enough. I mean,
1: I don't. I feel like, I yeah. Don't. I <laughs> Sounds great. Every day. And every week, my physical therapist is like, why are your hips <laughs> so tight? So, <laughs> Dude, we're all working. I am too. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. All right, Joe. Last question. Do you have any last words of wisdom for folks who are looking to become more mindful in general or more mindful with how they move their bodies?
1: Okay. So that would assume that everything I said before is wisdom. So hopefully it is. (laughs) I'm trying to think. I just, I really, I really call on you people to do what makes you happy. If you resent moving your body, you're not going to want to do it like punishing yourself to, to do something, regardless if it's moving your body or not. Negative reinforcement never lasts. And you want to have a long lasting, positive relationship with yourself. And that requires, you know, doing things that make you feel good. So uh, uh, same in line of trying new things. I live by a rock climbing gym and I pass by it pretty often. And I was just like, eh, let's go. Let's see. Turns out I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Again, I can't do a push-up. So I don't know why I thought I had the upper body strength. The point is, it made me happy to just go and do it. Because the last time I had rock climbed was like 10 years old. And it right. really brought back the inner child in me. And again, I had to fight some perfectionist notions. But like move with the intention of happiness. Go with the intention of happiness. So if you don't enjoy moving, don't do it. <laughs> if, if you wake up, because I work out in the mornings around sunrise. There are some days that my body's like, no, we're going to sleep an hour. Okay, sleep an hour. Start paying Mm -hmm. attention to how your body feels. If it can't do something, why would you push it? Why would you punish it? So I think my overall wisdom is if we move away from punishing ourselves and we move towards moving our body in ways that make us happy, and that includes not moving it on days when it asks for that, I think that you'll start to naturally create this habit of feeling happy when you move your body. Mm-hmm. And I am proof. And I hope the people who I've been able to work with also have some of that energy that they carry on, but it's hard. It's not necessarily easy, <laughs> it's yeah. really not. but the point is you keep choosing yourself and you keep choosing yes. making yourself happy and fighting the rhetoric that is out there about how we have to punish ourselves for worthiness Soon it becomes second nature.
0: Yes. All right, Joe. Thank you so much for chatting. Always great talking to you, Joe. Always. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> to anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together, and we'll see you next time.